Hello, listener. Welcome to Switch It, the podcast that loves to see it turning on day one. It may be bleak midwinter in England, but there was no Multan meltdown for Ben Stokes' men as they iced their series in Pakistan with a test to spare. Some said Basball didn't stand a snowball's chance, yet it turned out all white in the end. The ledger now reads eight victories out of nine since Stokes and Brendan McCullum took charge. Reason enough for some Christmas cheerleading. Joining me for that purpose today are two wise men ready to dangle their baubles of insight before us. ESPN Kukinfo UK editor Andrew Miller and associate editor Vidushan Ehantaraja. Uh, hello, hello, chaps. Vish, I'll come to you first. How is the tour treating you? Uh, been to any secret parties recently? No, no, not yet. And even if I did, I'd probably have to keep quiet about that, given I got a telling off for, um, for yeah, for discussing that in my uh, in my first tour diary. Um, so no, no, nothing like that. Multan is a very different vibe to Islamabad, but um, you know, thanks to Ben Stokes and Brendan McCullum, we got a day off, got to see the sights finally, and um, had dinner outside last night for the first time. So yeah, everything's uh, everything's looking pretty rosy for not just myself, but quite a lot of people over here from the UK. Very good. Have you seen any um, Instagrammable cats? No, none. None. I didn't realise Multan would be quite as catless as it turns out to be. Although we went through a bazaar today and there was a, I, I basically ended up chasing a kitten for about 50 yards. And um, I think the security detail we were with didn't like that too much. So um, I probably should behave myself. I've got, what, a week and a bit left. So um probably shouldn't uh, get into too much trouble from now on. But um no, uh, you know, you, Alan, you'll be the first to know if any cats arrive. Don't worry about that. I know some football team have adopted Dave the cat. Did, 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 did Joe Root make off with the one he was giving milk to the, the other day? <laughs> I don't know that he would. Well, the thing about the so the England football team getting that cat, that cat has to spend four months in quarantine before it's allowed out in the UK. Um, and bear in mind how sick the England team are. I don't think if you're a street cat anywhere in the world, you'd want to you know jump, jump on a plane with them so i think they should i think anything they should come into contact with anything they do, they do come into contact with they should they should definitely leave in pakistan because i don't know if they can be trusted to to not contaminate anything they they touch at the moment <laughs> well it's all good content we'll definitely be on the lookout um miller you wait 22 years for a test win in pakistan and then two come along at once Yes, indeed, and, and it was it was another another humdinger in Multan. I was I was there obviously in two thousand five for, for the, <laughs> the one that got away. I think it was twenty two <clears> defeat <throat> on that occasion and a twenty six run victory on this occasion. And uh, yeah, extraordinary game, another extraordinary game. You know, in, England probably uh, uh, took it to the wire a bit more than perhaps they had bargained for after after the way that that first innings had panned out. But I suppose that's the kind of the kind of the almost the flip side of, of the way they're going about things is that you know they rattle through their innings so quickly that you end up with a fourth innings playing out on a day three pitch that was actually probably at its, at its very best you know if if if, uh, if the game had been strung out in in the way that a conventional five-day test would be uh it probably would have been an easier kill so to speak but um they made it made it tough but but did the need did the need for mark wood Obviously, England have lamented for pretty much every day since the, the, that, that victory in 2000 that England don't have the necessary tools to win abroad, namely mystery spin and extreme pace. 
um, the mystery spinner Rehan Ahmed, you, know, you never know, he may get his opportunity uh, uh, next week now it's a dead rubber, but uh, Mark Wood, the raw pace uh, came good and um, it was it was a vital incision uh, from a vital component uh, in, in, in that final push. So uh, uh, great scenes all round, really. Yeah, indeed. Um, ben Stokes becoming only the third England men's test captain to win a series in Pakistan after Ted Dexter and Nasu Hussain. And I think it's fair to say he's done it in, in a fairly different way to those before him, uh, which we will get into. So having uh, overcome the uh, pindy pudding, England headed south to Misty Multan, a ground that hadn't hosted Test cricket since 2006. Stokes uh, opted to make the running again after winning the toss, uh, second match in a row. Uh, this time, a, a fast-moving game ultimately saw Pakistan attempting to chase 355 in the fourth innings. And as Miller says, they got pretty close. Avish, um, at what point up in the press box there was was Danielle starting, your colleague Daniel Rasul starting to get optimistic about yet another successful Pakistan chase of 300, the most uh, by any team, uh, I think, in the last 10 years or so, um, as he wrote? Well, um, you know, Danielle's quite a level-headed guy um, and <clears throat> he is he's certainly too smart to be sat next to for... For the duration of a test match, I can tell you that much. Um, <laughs> so so he, the, knew, he knew which way the wind was blowing then? Yeah, yeah, from very early on. But to be fair, when we rocked up on that last day, you know, you, you would have said it was maybe 55, 45 in, in Pakistan's favour, really. Um, and it would have been more so had Imam Mulhak not played that pretty stupid shot to Jack Leach on the, on the third evening, um, when Jack Leach probably didn't deserve to take that wicket in particular, I suppose. Um, but no, it, it, was, it was very, very interesting because, I mean, that that day three was comfortably Pakistan's first they could claim of the series so far. Um, and it really felt like England lost a bit of momentum there, bear, bear in mind in that morning when they lost uh, five for 19, I think it was, um, to ultimately let Pakistan back in because they could have, you know, their, their lead should have probably been about 400. Uh, going into that final innings. Um, and bear in mind when the match started with um, Abra Ahmed taking everyone by storm, really. And in hindsight, the 286, which, you know, drew a lot of derision at the time because of the nature, because of the way England was sweeping and sweeping well, by the way. Um, but the way they, if many people felt they, they gave it away, they were playing perhaps a bit too positively. And then they got stuck on that third morning. Um so yeah, like Daniel's optimism, or you know, any any kind of Pakistani optimism was sh was shared by, you know, those of us who were on this tour covering it for England largely, because yeah, it really looked like they were going about it and they were going about it in the right way. And then you know that partnership between Mohammed Wiles and Sal Shaquille, um, specifically the dismissal of that of the latter, which I'm sure we're going to talk to. Mm. Um, before that, they were they looked so so comfortable, didn't they? And it, and it really looked like. I mean, even given the nature of how they were dismissed in that spell from Mark Wood, I, I think they gave it away fundamentally, as as well as England did to win that. I think Pakistan gave it away. Well, we'll we'll come in there and, and sort of start at the end. Um, as as Vish mentions that that dismissal of Saud uh, Shaquille, he was on ninety four, he playing pretty immaculately, um, and in 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 the same manner as Mohammed Nawaz, right on the brink of lunch. Uh, would the short ball barrage, that extra pace that, that England were able to call on, even though he looked 
thoroughly gassed by this stage of proceedings, I think it's fair to say. But um, he still managed to, to crank it up. Um, and then Miller, uh, a decision which I, I guess, we'll, we'll, I mean, was it was controversial in some ways, although in others we've seen uh, we've seen that the, the sort of decision making um, play out like that before. Um, Ollie Pope taping, taking a uh, gloved uh, a glove down the leg side of Shaquille. Um, it looks pretty clean, sort of uh, at first glance, and and, and the umpires on field umpires sort of gave the soft signal out, and then. It was over to Joe Wilson and a lot of rocking and rolling. And he he too was happy to, you know, he was convinced that the things were under the ball. Um, what was your view on it? So, right, how long we got? <laughs> <laughs> so this is the thing that really, really bugs me about, about quibbling about umpiring decisions. The trouble with umpiring decisions, I mean, you get this more often with LBWs. Uh, and and again, I, I'm a big advocate of umpires' call when it comes to LBWs because you know there's incomplete information, and you know you've got to, you've got to make a make a you've got to make that transition at some point from white to black when it comes to decisions. Either it's either it's out or it's not out, and at some point there's a transition between the two. And so you can calibrate all you like about whether whether it's whether it's in out or shake it all about. But you know as we, as we've seen, Ollie Robinson the other day managed to flick the outside of the off stump. And the bell doesn't come off. So, so that was kind of a live umpire's call example. So there you mm. go. There's, 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 a, there's a real-time example. And the ball did hit the stumps, but, you know, it wasn't out. So be it. There will always be a point, a 50-50 point, where there's, it is, frankly, a coin flip. It could be out. It could not be out. You cannot, you cannot just flick the switch and say that from this minute moment, it's definitely not out. And this minute moment, oh, that's definitely in. Every single decision will have a transition point. And, you know, catches are slightly different. But this catch, in real time, was given out on the field. And I defy anyone to look at that replay and say, categorically, the ball is hitting the ground. It, the, the chances are it might be. The ball went in cleanly. The, went, the, the ball went in a good, you know, good two inches, clear daylight between... The gloves and the turf. So the ball was there on the full. And then as he rolls over, it's in the shadows. It might be touching the grass. It might not be touching the grass. It might be sort of held sort of symbol-like in the tips of his fingers. There's no way of knowing for certain. You can you can freeze frame on any split second you like, but if you do, you basically rewind this in 1998 and Mike Atherton being caught in, I think it was Adelaide, wasn't it, at slip and you know the, the whole foreshortening debate kicks off because grass is spongy you know the, the very <laughs> fact of getting your fingers down into the grass means that literally you're going to be below the surface of the pitch <laughs> because you know grass will give way when you put your pressure on it and so you end up with a circular argument that blah 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 yeah of course it's out oh of course it's cheating of course it's gamesmanship of course it's bloody blah it's it's a decision that was given out and it's a decision that will be contentious but you can't just say well sorry i'm changing my mind quite that simply you know now there, there was some debate actually because there has been there has been discussion about the the binning off of the soft signal and this mm. has happened in the ipl and this was actually we, we were kind of working it out in the course of daniel's news story yesterday because you know the, the, it sounds like the umpires have been given some sort of leeway to to freestyle it when it comes to these decisions. But ultimately, the, the, the laws, the regulations, the, the ICC's regulations have not changed. They have mm. not changed to, to say that if in doubt, you revert back to the soft signal on field. And so Joel Wilson, having seen what he saw, 
he could have made a hero call and said, "Oh, I'd definitely touch the grass." He would have he would have annoyed the other half of the of of, of the demographic. You think, well, well, that's not clear evidence, and he would have undermined his his colleague on the field by by doing that. He decided, you know what, the guys on the field thought that was all right because they're closer to it in the in the live moment. And given everything we've discussed about the issues that go into foreshortening and spongy grass and, and the, the margins of, of such things, you know what, let's just go with it. The, the, the soft signal was out, the, the catch remains out. If the soft signal had been not out, the catch would have remained not out. I mean, that, I, don't see, I don't see a problem with the process. The only trouble is every now and again, the process will cough up a moment that is literally 50-50 coin flip. And it's going to annoy one half or the other of the people involved in, in the process. Marginal calls. I think we've got chapter and verse there. I'm glad you mentioned foreshortening. I was also looking for uh, two, <laughs> two, 2D representation of a three-dimensional image. Um, <laughs> yeah, it seems as if soft signal still is still is kind of in um, is in use, even though uh, the, I think there've been a, have been a couple of examples fairly recently where the th third umpire has kind of pushed it out a bit further and said, actually, I, I don't think that's uh, out or not out and, and disagreed with the on-field team. I think the one, just... one, thing is, one thing just to add on that, I do think that, you know, if the, if the circumstances have been slightly different, if it had been a case of clearly rolling over and, you know, you lose a frame because suddenly Ollie Pope's back is to you, but the, on, the, on the balance of probabilities, there's no way he could have rolled over and the ball not touched the ground, then I think there's, there's, that's where the leeway would come into play. In this case, everything everything you saw from the replays was front on, fairly obviously direct line of vision towards where the gloves were, but you just could not tell. You could not peer into the gloom between those mm. gloves and be absolutely categorically sure that the ball had touched the ground. So I think that's that's probably where this where this leeway is meant to come in. It's like, you know what, balance probabilities, there's no way that he could have gone through that that mm. motion of completing the catch without it touching the ground i mean that, that that's a hypothetical that's probably what i what i would i would think if it if it was me in the in the hot seat being asked to interpret it and you know add my own spin to a to the soft signal but in this yeah. instance i don't see it i don't see how joel wilson could have could have made a call there without being a hero call essentially <laughs> and, and you know being 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 a bit being a bit a bit of an uncertain move in its own right um, I, I was reminded, although we didn't ever have the conclusive proof that was out there, I believe, in the end for the uh, Japan-Spain over-the-line call, but uh, in, the, in the Football World Cup, of, of you know how people get, do get very strong opinions about things uh, where it's actually not really clear one way or the other. Um, Vish, just quickly, what what was the view in in, in on the ground there? And and really, does this, the actual decision making here go back to the fact that England should have picked Ben Folks, and then there wouldn't have been any doubt about the catch? <laughs> well, I, I did wonder that. I, I did wonder <laughs> how much of a keeper's reputation would play a part in that. Because if it was Ben Folks, then there would be a sense of well, obviously he'd catch it. he catches everything. He's a brilliant wiki keeper. He's a handsome man. He wouldn't lie with those eyes. Um, honestly, but symbols hope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's harsh. Um, <laughs> no, he's actually kept quite the... well. I, would, I would retract that. <laughs> um, yeah, honestly, it was split. I, I thought it was out when I saw it. The more I watched it, uh, I thought it was not out. And I think that's kind of the point. It took me maybe five or six watches throughout the day to be like, oh, actually, I'm I'm, I'm not as sure as I was the first time. <laughs> uh, Michael Atherton, interestingly, he was sat behind me. Um, 
he thought it was, he said he would have given it not out, but he could mm. understand why A he was, was given out and B wasn't. Uh, at the time, I think. Yeah, he, he could understand A, why it was given out and B, why it wouldn't be overturned. Um, but yeah, I mean, it was all very split. Um, and I mean, I suppose this isn't the point, but it kind of is the point. Why is he playing that shot? It's the yeah, if, yes. if you if you look at through Mark Wood's spells in 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 that match, mm. was, I mean it was very clear pan <clears throat> straight away, um, just before lunch, and also it was in Wood's second over of that spell, uh, knowing that he's only bowled up to that point four overs at most, and knowing how much time there is to go in the day, and the fact that England were desperate at that point, and you know barring a couple that kept low, barring a couple that nipped away from Ollie Robinson, bowling from the end that we're at. Um, in the press box, which is the opposite end to where the dressing rooms were, they, they would, you know, Nawaz and Shaquille were looking so comfortable, and especially Shaquille being in total control, having seen Nawaz get out that exact way six mm. balls before, just, just a little bit silly. I, I get it, it was a little bit wider, and it was a bit of a free hit because if he gets anything more on that, I suppose, then mm. you know that's running away down for four. But England were bowling for that. It looked, it was so, so obvious. And it was naive from a guy who's actually been incredibly impressive over the last mm-hmm. couple of games. Yes, he's definitely had a good start to his test career. Um, Miller, he will be waiting for that maiden 100 a bit longer. Uh, I mean, it, 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 you, you've sort of touched on Wood's role there, but that um, that that little spell really cracked it open. And although... Um, the Pakistan tail did did give it a uh, did wag a little. Um, uh, Abra Ahmed um, came out and showcased a, a few other tricks uh, aside from his uh, googlies and caram balls and so on. Um, panning wood around <laughs> during one over, um, you kind of got the sense that that uh, England had 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 the game in their hands by that point um, with with wood and, and and Robinson obviously got came back and and got the final wicket, but the, 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 they they knew what they had to do. Yeah, it's, it's yeah, and I... the psychology there, the psychology of, of of England getting over the line in that in that in that position was, you know, it, it kind of it kind of reminds me, in a strange sort of way, what 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 Stokes did so well in 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 his World Cup <coughs> victories, and kind of why I think he's such a good captain in these in these circumstances is, you know, to win the World World T Twenty in 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 um, Melbourne recently. He had to just be there. He had to just stay there to the end when everyone else is under panic, when everyone else is losing their heads. He's like, nope, I'm, I've got zero. I've got full focus on this, just as he had uh, uh, heading in, in 2019, just as he had in the World Cup finals. Like, I am not going to give this away. And, you know, that that psychology of, of what, you know, the closer you get to achieving your ultimate prize, the more the jeopardy gets cranked up. And, and it feels as though England are really really across that you know clearly it's going to go wrong at some stage they're going to they're going to they're going to miss misjudge their 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 fourth innings targets or or whatever it is but right at this moment it felt like both of these test matches they've had they they weighed it actually pretty well in my opinion they figured you know what this is a big old task to get it's going to be it's going to be pretty close to record breaking to to get over the line here and i think we will make 10 chances to beat you in this process and I, simultaneously and again, I think it's kind of an interesting way of looking at it as well. This uh, simultaneously, we had um, that that <laughs> India Bangladesh ODI going on the other day, where Ishan Kishan gets a two two hundred in in absolutely no time whatsoever, 
and suddenly he's looking nailed on the score of the first 300 in ODI cricket. And he doesn't. I know the only reason he doesn't, I mean, it, it, he, he, I think he, you know, if he, if he had just, just not got out, he'd have got there easily. And that's, that's the weird thing, isn't it? It's just like, it, it's, it sounds like an obvious thing to say, but, you know, the course for 50 over innings, the guy will give a chance at some stage and fail to get over the line that looks like it's, it's there for him. And Stokes's captaincy throughout this series, throughout Baz Ball era, has been about, you know what, you're going to make a mistake at some stage and we will have a man waiting to take that catch or, or, or be ready to, to, to screw you over the moment you blink. And, and, and they blinked. And, you know, England were bowling to the plans that kind of made sure they would blink at some stage. Miller, you've got me thinking now, how would Stokes have captained against himself at Headingley? Because I, 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 I think there's, there is... Well, he he there gave is, a chance. To be said for that. Well, he, he did, he did. But it was the... I, I think what, what he's doing really well in the field is keeping, keeping people in, keeping fielders uh, in catching positions and thus keeping them engaged. I think a lot of times in those situations... You can don't want it, and I, I don't mean that as a you know to question their bravado, but it, it's a it's quite a tense moment, and I think when you're closer to the action, you feel more involved, don't you? You feel you, you're kind of naturally switched on. Whereas if you're in the deep, then there is an element of like, if this is coming to me, I've either got to stop a boundary or take a worldie of a catch here in terms of pressure, at least. Um, and I think one of the things he does really well is that there there is a implicit trust in everyone who's on the field to do the right thing. Even Rehan Ahmed, who, who probably the, you know, one of the weaker fielders, not least because of his inexperience. Um, but he comes on and rather than hiding a fine leg, he, he's fielding a square leg and he's fielding three quarters of square leg. He's, he's around other people. He's within chatting distance of someone <laughs> at mid-wicket or someone who happens to be a leg slip. There is, there is a real sense that he's, he's got the right characteristics that maybe he's imprinted in a lot of them, but everyone seems really on top of it, right down to the fact that, you know, if you go back to the last test match, the end, the end of the day, when the fielders around the bat, I think I wrote this in my piece at the end, but Ollie Pope and Ben Duckett were moving themselves into catching positions without asking Stokes, almost taking ownership of what, of the impact they wanted to have in the field. And I, th I think that's very impressive because I think one of the things that we worried about with Stokes as captain was that he'd be a bit too impulsive <laughs> And almost a little bit reckless, and that has been far from the case. He's he's a, a much better poker player than I'd give him credit for because I don't know, beyond the celebrations when he's squeezing the air out of Mark Wood when he takes that wicket at Nawaz, can't really tell if the pressure's getting to him at all. You know, he encourages people to run around when they're you know when he thinks they're running out of overs or running out of time because of the light. Um, yeah, so yeah, I don't know. Like, just to go back to my my initial. Um, I suppose interjection. Uh, yeah, I, I'd I'd love to know how in that pressure situation when he's got someone like him batting, how he how he tries to, you know, you know who blinks first. I suppose because yeah, that that test is coming and that'll be perhaps his biggest test as a captain. I guess the the, the answer <laughs> to that question, he would bowl himself. It'd be, it'd be, it'd be Ben Stokes. Yeah, probably. 11, yeah. 11 over spell at Ben Stokes, and Ben Stokes is going to blink. <laughs> ben Ben Stokes. Uh, is the winner. Um, <laughs> uh, Bish, um, 
just quickly on on Wood because uh, you know you've spoken about there. You know him well. Uh, he he's described himself, I think, as absolutely shattered. Uh, that was his first Red Bull game since March. I mean, he's obviously he's done what England wanted to do, wanted him to do. There, they've they've chucked him straight in after uh, uh, Livingston was injured in uh, Raul Pindi. He's got coming to the team. He's basically won them a game. Uh, is 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 that it? Do you think does he you know deserve to to be rested from Karachi? He's a he's a you know precious bit of a precious commodity. England's fast bowlers uh, don't have great injury records, as we all know. Um, or, or I mean, or will England just you know approach that as uh, he's in our best eleven, and if he's fit, he's, he plays. I suppose it depends how he pulls up. Really, he lo- looked exhausted right the way through that. Um, if you look at his pace. Throughout the test, you know, he hit, what, 97 on that first day. I think he averaged about 93. That went down every single day. He averaged 87 miles an hour on the final day. And I actually think that spell essentially blew the game open um, before lunch on day four. And also the wiki of Zahid Mahmood, where he took out off sub. I think a lot of them were playing day one, Mark Wood. I think he'd already got into their heads with that pace, with the bouncers, specifically to those at the top of the order, that I think there was a little bit of that you know, almost playing the mm. reputation, which in a way is a huge positive for Mark Wood because that's a reputation that he's cultivated. That's the reputation that he's earned. Um, and that hasn't always been the case, even though we knew, you know, from the start that he was the X Factor bowler when he made his debut in 2015. I think the one they're seeing, the the the, the bowler batters are playing now is the Mark Wood of the last two years rather than the Mark Wood full stop, if that makes sense. Um, and yeah, in terms of, of Karachi... Uh, Touching 97 miles an hour, I think, was uh, his top speed. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Um, in terms of Karachi, I, I think he will. Dep- I think if he's fit, he'll play. Um, in terms of what, so he's not got any winter commitments. He's not playing in the UAE or the SAT uh, SA20 franchise tournaments. He's had offers, but he's not doing that. Um, so his next engagement will be potentially the ODIs in South Africa, almost certainly the Test Series in New Zealand, um, and then he's going to go into the IPL. They'll probably rest him. There's every chance they would rest him. Bear in mind that Joffre Archer is going to play in those South Africa um, ODIs. Um, so it depends, really. I, I suppose if if, if you're... <laughs> You, you kind of have to take it out of his hands, really, because he's going to want to play. I know he's cha- he's turned a leaf in terms of, you know, his issues in the past have been saying he's fit when he's not fit. Mm. Um, but I think they, they're a bit of, you know, they could, they could give, give it to Jamie Overton. I'm not, I'm not quite sure that he's pulled up trees in the nets um, so far. There's obviously, you know, Rehan Ahmed, which is mm. in um, on either on Sky Sports or in, the, in his Daily Mail column was talking about how he doesn't think they should give out a free cap to Rehan Ahmed just because this series is won. I, I'm inclined to agree with him, um, but it might be a bit of bravado on their part. Say that, like, look, we told you we were going to, we're not just picking this lad for a ride. He's, you know, he's going to mm. play this last test, even though it's, you know, there's, you know, England aren't looking for world test championship points, really. They're not going to make the final. They're not, they're not going to get relegated. So it doesn't really matter, <laughs> does it? So they could do that. But um, I mean, Jimmy and Robertson will be the interesting one. It'd be quite cool mm. if they played these three. Bear in mind, we came into the series wondering if actually they'll, you know, tag in and out, and they are back-to-back. And similarly, they're, well, actually, differently, they don't have any white ball commitments. Their next engagement is New Zealand, so I'm sure they'll want to play. Mm. 
Um, Karachi is supposed to spin a bit as well. Um, that's what we've been told. So um, perhaps that does open the door for Rehan. Um, we're also in this peculiar situation with Will Jacks now, aren't we? Where he essentially played the part of floating number three if Ollie Pope was a bit knackered. And he did that in the second inning. So so who knows what the makeup of the team is going to be like. Did he bowl four overs in the test, having bowled 40 Point three, I think it was in the in the first innings at Ralph Pindy. Anyway, yeah, um, you've got to keep on your toes with this team. Uh, Rehan Ahmed, yes, if he were to debut, he would be England's youngest test debutant ever, uh, taking Brian Close's record. He's, uh, he has to take it has to be this window of opportunity though, because another month or so and and it's gone. He's 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 older than Closey. Um, so uh, it depends how much you know uh, Stokes and McCullum. Uh, really do care about records. Um, and speaking of records, <laughs> I'm going to go back to the start of um, the test, Miller, and 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 an opportunity to perhaps mention the the B word because I mean England. Uh, we <laughs> we saw how they played in Pindi. They scored 650 or 500 overs. It wasn't quite so successful uh, in Multan. They made 281 all out from 51.4 overs. So, you know, in every respect, the returns were were um, less. But uh, and they did uh, chalk off another record. The highest um, score before lunch on the first day of a test, 180 for five. Uh, it was a slightly um, lengthened session uh, because of Friday prayers and so on. I mean, it, it, arguably that score didn't look too uh, likely to be match winning uh, when Pakistan was were knocking along at, I think, 140 for two. Um, <clears throat> and the expectation that they would have a, a better handle on, on their own conditions. Um, but in the end, I mean, England's approach whereby they sort of knew they were going to get out almost, they knew Abra Ahmed was going to uh, weave his magic um, and, and they needed to get some runs on the ball before he did, um, paid off in the end again. It did. I, I got absolutely no complaints about it. I didn't have any complaints at the time, to be perfectly honest. I thought, you know what, I would rather see this team do this than block for the block for their life against a mystery spinner and get bowled out 150 in you know 60 overs or whatever it would normally be. I I don't I don't have any truck with the way that England are going about their batting right now on any level. Um, I guess we could talk about the. Second innings and losing five for nineteen. Mm. I, I described it as quite kind of auto-completing their innings as what was 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 the word I used in in the report because it kind of felt like you know what we got enough can't really be bothered with this anymore. Which you know in hindsight, as I mentioned at the top, it probably potentially didn't factor in the, the fact the pitch would get a lot flatter than it had been on days one and two. Uh, which again, you know, it's all part of the learning process. And they, you know, given that chance again, they might conceivably think, you know what, let's just let's just string us out and get 400 plus on the board just to be on the safe side. But at the same time, to go back to my original point, England decided that, you know, a 350 chase in the fourth innings is the perfectly weighted chase to ensure that Pakistan come for us and we will trust the fact that we've got the skills and, 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 and the Kajonis to uh, see it out. So, um, you know, I I don't have any problem with the way they're batting. I, I think I think it was it was ballsy. It was brave. It was you know the sweep as Mish wrote the first day. I thought they they swept very well. Um, ben Duckett in particular, um, masterful um, innings. I thought in terms of just setting a setting a tempo that that ensured that you know England did not get bogged down against a guy they'd never seen before. And the way he spoke about it afterwards actually was really revealing. I thought just. Um, 
you know, he, I think he, he mitigated a little bit in the in the media, in the in the written media uh, press conference, but his initial comments to Sky Sports were, were pretty upfront, saying, you know, he's, he's just he just bowled leg breaks with a googly. We, we we're not that we're not that fussed by by what he's got to offer. We've had a look, you know, his 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 googly's a bit slower, and uh, we'll pick it next time. Uh, ben Stokes obviously didn't pick it pick it first time, but but you know, we, England have been here before, and again, this comes back to England's white ball <laughs> mentality. I remember vividly watching Kuldeep Yadav uh, in that in that white ball series, India's white white ball series. I think it was he had an ODI and and a T20. He took about six or seven wickets in each, and looked utterly utterly unplayable. And then every time England have faced Kuldeep Yadav since then, they've absolutely spanked him. You know, they 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 <laughs> took a view. You know what? He's pretty slow through the air. We'll pick his variations when they come out of hand, and we will launch it. And that, that's kind of that's kind of the attitude they they took they took to this new guy. So you know what? He's cunning. He's got he's got some deckers. He's going to take some wickets. But let's just let's just plant the dog and, and woof him. And and you know they they, they did that. It, it was it, it was fine. I don't see a problem with with the way England go about their batting. I'd much rather they took this approach, put runs on the board, which you know 70, 79 run lead in the ult, in in the final reckoning. Albeit they they needed uh, needed some. Pretty fine work from the steamers to 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 bed down their, their advantage, but it was runs on the board, and that that is the way that England have won ODIs in the, in in recent times. It's, it's how they've won their baseball test matches in recent times with with sheer weight of runs. So speed, the speed at which they go about it is, I have absolutely no qualms that that it's the right the right approach for them. It may not be the right approach for every team in the world, but for England in this current era, uh, I can't fault the. The way to go about it. I'd also say, just to jump off on your point there, Miller, about a white ball approach, I also think there's a lot of white ball learnings here. Um, and it's quite neat that both Ben Duckett and Harry Brook played in the PSL. The fact is that a lot of these younger players coming through are more worldly than you know, younger players who were coming through 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago. And they're not spooked by this kind of thing. They see it all the time. They might even just see it in the nets when they're, you know wasting time on the bench in the, in the IPL or the or the PSL there is a level of bravery here that is just ingrained now and it is obviously because T20 and you know the rise of the short ball format has encouraged them to play their shots a bit more but also i think i think it's also a bit smarter than that i think they're just better at reading these spinners as you said i i was a little bit taken aback at a press conference when Duckett, I suppose, watered down his comments about um, Abra Ahmed, but just the confidence to sit in front of a room of, you know, primarily Pakistani journalists and, and say, you know what, your new kid is good, but he's not that special. He is just a leggy with a slow googly. And it was funny because in the second innings, when Duckett gets at 50, people were watching googly and I thought, oh, actually, yeah, it is it's coming you can react to it off the pitch if it's not as you know if it's not full if you haven't committed already to the shot you're going to play and there's a lot to be said for that even um you know harry brooke um you know said that uh you know i think he made comments on on tv about the fact that he was a bit annoyed about how he got out because of how he usually approached leg spin and he didn't he didn't actually do that when um you know for, for the for the ball that got him and it was there was a you know it, there was so much clarity there that you would you know, the first time you heard those comments, you'd almost dismiss them as just being a throwaway comment. But actually, there's there's a lot to actually unwrap in there that this guy, these guys, these kids have a method against a form of spin that 
they don't really face too much of, you know, he hasn't faced that playing county cricket when he was averaging 100. Ben Duckett hasn't faced that, you know, at Trent Bridge. This has come from other places and these are other learnings that they've just brought to the test side and are thriving because of it. Now, obviously, you know, it should be said, these pitches have been flat. It's spun on the first day, but it got, you know, progressively progressively easier to deal with. The pitch in Ralpindi was a disgrace, really, for all intents and purposes. Not in the usual kind of disgrace, but even that would have been more welcome. You know, there was news today that it's earned its second demerit point in, what, nine months now after the pitch they served in Australia, Ralpindi, that is. Um, so they have had things in their favour, but they, you know, they still have to execute to a level that they've done and that's no given. And they've, you know, they've, they've performed not only admirably, but just casually as well. Yeah, I mean, the the old uh, the finger flicking leg spinner, we do see them from time to time. They they crop up um and bamboozless uh but yeah look at those match figures seven for 114 and four for 120 um pakistan's harry potter glasses are full that was a good find for them but uh <laughs> <laughs> um but Awful. miller miller uh, uh, uh we should touch on 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 harry brook uh because he was man of the match or player of the match second hundred of the series um he's looking to the man of born in there yeah, he really does. I mean, I'm, for, for the record, I, I thought he should have been player of the match in Royal Pindi. It's, it, it's kind of very rare that a, a, a batter can score a load of runs like he did and not be rewarded for it. It's a very batsman-orientated game when it comes to player of the match. But uh, it went to Ollie Robinson on that occasion, which was, which was left field. I think he bowled very nicely, as, as we all know. But uh, it was going to, if it wasn't going to go to a batter, I'd have thought, thought probably give it to Ben Stokes for his captaincy on that occasion, to be honest. Um, but yeah, he got his reward this time around for for, for his for, for his century. It, it was it, again, as I say, it kind of came. The century was was almost a byproduct of England's rush to the finish on that on that on that morning, uh, the second innings. Just you know what, just 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 smash your way through the final five wickets and, and take what you, take what you're given. Which again is is incredible selflessness, I suppose, to, to the way he's gone about it. I mean, obviously, we talked about it last week the the fact that he probably. Um, sacked off the chance to to beat Gilbert Jessup's record because he tried to pick up his pace even more uh, with a declaration leaving. And similarly, on, on that morning, you know, he resumed on, what, 1974 or something like that. And uh, not for a moment that he that he stopped to think, you know what, there's, there's, a, there's a century to get here. He just thought, right, let's just go through the process of getting getting to the score that we're looking for. And if I've got three fingers by the time I walk off the pitch, job done. And uh, yeah, he's, he is a he is a monster. He's he's, he's got he's got the, the 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 reach of KP. He's got the the, the technique of Joe Root in, in many respects, and even more shots. Uh, frankly, you know, as as you mentioned previously, that uh, uh, Matt's piece on 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 his ability to manipulate fields with 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 the ability to, to launch it over covers and ramp it over the over the keeper. Um, he can just he can just toy with options there. Uh, he, he is such an enormous prospect. Yeah, the way he picks up length against spin is remarkable. And you said KP, I said KP a couple of times in the press box. The way he just, you know, the ball's not even that short and he rocks back and just just smokes it over mid-wicket. He's remarkable, really. Um, I mean, he, he's, you know, like... Uh, Speaking to some of the other journalists who've been around a lot longer than I have, um, and they'll probably hate me for, for saying that and really emphasizing it, but <clears throat> they were discussing um, when was the last time someone came in and you thought, wow, this this kid is it. And they thought back to Joe Root in, in 2012 in terms of 
all the discussion going into it was like, right, this, this is the future here. And he comes and plays. Um, as I said, I, I wasn't around then. This feels a little bit different because the hype was so much for Harry Brook. This was, you know, Joe Root was a bit like, this is a, because of the nature of the game at that time, this is a test player. This is guys, this guy's going to play test cricket for a long, long time. He's going to be an England test captain. This kid can do anything. He, he could legitimately, he could do what Will Smead's done. And probably like a kind of young, you know, Silicon Valley upstart could retire at the age of 27 and have, you know, would be set for life. That's how good this kid is. Um, it's stunning, really. And just to, I suppose, throw it a few further stages ahead, Johnny Bairstow's not here. Ben Folks got dropped, essentially, for this test. Um, and, and you wonder, genuinely, if the play is Bairstow comes back in, they give Bairstow back the gloves, and, and suddenly this team has a different dimension. And that might seem as a slight on Ben Folks, and I suppose in some ways it is, but it's more because of what Harry Brooks is doing, really. There is there is no there is no conceivable way that enjoy him because this kid is it. He really is. Well, Stokes, I think, was asked about uh, folks in the uh, the lead up, having decided that Pope would keep the gloves, and said he was still the number one gloveman in England, which is very ominous and sounds like he will. Never play again. Um, there, <laughs> there, uh, there is, um, of course, one more test to go. Pakistan have never been whitewashed at home in a test series. Um, they hadn't lost three in a row. They were beaten by Australia, of course, earlier in the year in, in Lahore. Uh, they hadn't lost three tests in a row since 1959. Um, <clears throat> history on the table. Uh, but, I mean, Vish, uh, you, we spoke at the, before the start of the series uh, and you sort of described this as a bit of a free hit uh, for Basball, you know, in the sense that people didn't really expect them to uh, succeed, so they might as well just, you know, crack on and do what they do. Um, I mean, did, did you ever expect to see it come off so successfully? No, I, I didn't really. Uh, but, but I think part of that is down to the fact that Pakistan have been pretty bad. They got the selection mm-hmm. wrong mm-hmm. in the first test. They kind of got it right in the second, but by then it was... You know, it felt like it was too far gone anyway. Um, Muhammad Ali, with all due respect, as much as he is a subs dream, um, I think he's <laughs> been very luckluster. Zaid Mahmood as well. He, he um, hasn't landed any punches. No, certainly not. Um, <laughs> I was going to do a float like a, you know, butterfly sting like a bee thing there, but I'm, I'm going to avoid it. Uh, <laughs> but know that I had one. Um, but yeah, don't, don't I, know I, I yourself. They, <laughs> but, you know, I, I think... Um, the the, th- the other thing I would say, and it's naturally it's a product of getting teams over here and ha- having to having to pander them to them to an extent in terms of making sure that the red carpet's rolled out and that you've got snipers on the roof and this that and the other. You have to make them feel welcome. I think it feels like Pakistan cricket at home, specifically to Australia and England, have lost a bit of the thing that made them great. That bit of that edge essentially mm. that sense of you're coming over here and we're going to make it miserable for you on, on all fronts. You know, we they're showing highlights of the, of that multi-time test and show backs are running through them. Now, obviously show back to our freak of nature, really, but I was looking at that Pakistan team and I was like, is there anyone you're really scared of? And I mean, like 
not even on a fast bowling context, someone who can really take the game away from you. Because with all due respect, Babaro's um an incredible batter, but he he's not the kind of person who takes the game away from you, and he's not the kind of person you can you fear in that regard. You there's almost an element of calm watching him, even as you're even if you remember the opposition, because perhaps because you can actually get him out in traditional ways. Those opportunities don't come around very often, but they do happen. Ollie Robinson ended up bowling him twice. First time he's mm. ever been bowled by a pace, uh, a pace bowler in, in a test match. Um, twice, that is. There is, there is. there is a lack of edge around them. Even someone like Hassan Ali, I think, brings. Even someone like Yassir Shah, and I appreciate they've moved past him. Even someone like him brings. Someone with a bit of even previous history, like a, like a Bast. Just, you know, just even the sight of him standing at the top of your mark, you're thinking, right, this is, I'm in for something here. And I think they let England get away with a little bit because there was no real, there was nothing really to fear going into that first game. And, and by the time the second round came around, I mean, it, it was too late. If, if Abro had taken, if Abro had even played that first game, who knows where we'd be right mm. now. But if it feels like, and I know what, you know, as I said at the start of this point, I wonder if it's just a, a byproduct of, of having to be maybe too welcoming. And I, and I really mm. do mean that. I think everything has been a bit too welcoming. Um, and, I, and I, you know, I hope the next time I'm, I come to Pakistan for that test tour, fingers crossed, in a couple of years' time, that it, it is a bit, it's a, it's a little bit more rough and ready because I think it, it's just been a bit too amenable now. Mikasa Sukasa doesn't really work here. Miller, I presume you would endorse uh, that feeling Pakistan's rough edges is the way to go. <clears throat> yes, very much so. I, 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 I must admit, I, I felt very sorry for Vish reading his tour diary about you know the, just the extent <laughs> to which you're being frog marched with high high security details left, right, and centre. It's uh, yeah, my two tours were, were were much more much more haphazard and um, and you know the, the, certainly England. England found on 2005 that, you know, as, as you mentioned, Shoeb and Shoeb and Damage Canary are riding roughshod over, over, over their, over their <laughs> Ashes winning heroes and Inza Mamor Hack just, just lauding it. You know, there was, there was an edge to that team that, um, that really found England out. Um, I don't know. It, it, the other, the other thing to factor in though is the fact that England are, England have just parked the fear. They just, they just don't have any fear. They, they, they just don't. They don't care enough to be scared of Test cricket anymore, and I, I, I mean that in the in in the most literal sense. Is that they're not they're not going to worry about about the p's and q's of the game in a way that uh, their forebears would have done. You know, I talked about it last week watching Joss Butler in the Ashes panicking about the legacy crumbling before his eyes. Uh, you know, his beautiful beautiful um, um, private eye suits corner. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, it it it's a different team now that they they just think you know what I'm I am going to park my front foot and slog and get out for third ball duck if it suits the the tempo that we're trying to set for the team. It might mean my average gets another dent and I'm not going to ever fulfil my my statistical destiny to be uh, the next the next great all rounder to average more than forty and less than thirty with the ball etc. But Ben Stokes doesn't care. Ben Stokes will be judged instead by winning eight tests, seven, nine, and by bringing through a generation who revere him as the, the greatest captain ever played under. That's what England are trying to work to. It's different standards, and it's not the standards that uh, that English cricket has has been to a degree beholden to and, and almost 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 kowtowed to uh, ever since uh, you know for, for the past thirty years of intermittently 
good, but broadly speaking, pretty dreadful test cricket. Uh, they're, they're doing it differently. And, and because of that, you know, you, they're not going to get scared by the conditions. They're not going to go to Ahmedabad next year on a, on a, on a, on a, a, a red top. I suppose it's, it's a red pitches that spin more, isn't it? They're not going to go there and play like they did um, 20 months ago and, and, and get, get, get stuffed in the same way. They might lose. I mean, I don't, I don't think I think there's anything to be said for the fact that this 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 approach is fallible. But they're not going to lose on the terms they used to lose. They're going to lose on their own terms, and that's a much more liberating way to to go into a test. You know what? We we might declare we might get our but we get our sums wrong, and someone might play the player that skins to beat us. But you know, bring it on. Uh, I I don't I don't see as I said all along. I don't see a flaw in the way they're thinking about the game right now. Um, and as a consequence, they're going to win more than they lose on, in the current mindset, as far as I'm concerned. They're looking at the world through uh, eyes that are the pure blue of hope and joy, I think. As Put that down. Put that down. Why have you got to... that there? <laughs> it's, purely, it's purely chance that that... Uh... Uh, happens to be lying around in my uh, in my office here. Uh, Vish, congratulations! You know the on... worst thing. The <laughs> worst thing about that. The worst <laughs> thing about that is I arrive back into the UK on the twenty second of December. I then I'm going to go and spend well, not Christmas. I'm, I'm going to Boxing Day to the US to spend uh, spend it with my partner and her family. And her dad, my father in law, loves Private Eye and always gets it. And he used to show me Suits Corner and be like. I love this section. The people who have <laughs> such an inflated, inflated sense of self, they always end up in this section. And I and I genuinely have to bring him the private eye um, this time <laughs> around because my wife is already out there and she forgot it. And I have to bring him and, and I'm going to put that in front of him and say, look, sometimes people get mistagged and stuff like that. Don't believe everything you read. You could, you could just tear the page out, you know, say, oh, the, the, postman, the postman messed up. Uh, the dog <laughs> ate it. Uh, of course, you have a screen grab. I'll go on Twitter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wear it with pride, I think. Um, right, we're m- moving on. We we won't spend too long because uh, I don't think any of us have seen much of this series. But England England women are playing out in the Caribbean. Uh, they're on tour for. Uh, they've played three ODIs. They've got uh, five T20s on the slate as well. They've already won the ODIs three nil. Um, margins of, of 142 runs, 142 runs, and 151 runs. It's all pretty emphatic. Uh, I think the first T20 went their way as well by eight wickets. Um, Miller, I mean, obviously, it's a good start for John Lewis. Um, it's good to get the uh, team in some form. Uh, there's a World Cup on the horizon, uh, a T20 World Cup in South Africa. Um, Nat Sivers in uh, is back in the team, back in the runs. Uh, there have been some impressive displays, I think, from the likes of Charlie Dean, Lauren Bell. Uh, a couple of setbacks as well, though. Uh, Alice Capsey, uh, a broken collarbone, suffered in the first game. Freya Kemp has had a back injury. Um, but yes, lots going on out there, even if it's uh, very much the wrong time zone for us when we're um, setting the alarm for 4am uh, and Pakistan standard time. Yeah, I mean, I mean first things first, I think it's worth saying quite how inhospitable this particular series has been for for any decent coverage in the UK. I mean, you know, everybody is on the wrong time wrong time zone to to give it the time of day. And frankly, uh, you know, the the I think the, the the coverage from the streams that we've been given has not been the the bells and whistles that perhaps the the women's team um, deserve these days. Now, now again, coming into you know, we were we were looking at some draft. Um, uh, schedules for next summer and 
obviously one of the big things is going to be this double header ashes essentially all the marketing around it is already you know you got Nat Siver and, and Ben Stokes on the same poster and celebrating the same moments you know it's, it's going to it's going to be hand in hand in glove to to give full coverage uh, to the men's and women's ashes and basically from from that that start of the men's ashes in June all the way through till September it's pretty much going to be wall to wall with 100 and, uh, as well providing that that dual platform it's going to be wall to wall alternating between the men's and women's games it's going to be absolutely completely utterly on equal footing in 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 right in the front and center of the english summer so it's going to be transformative i think this series unfortunately is not transformative this series is out of sight out of mind i've not just simply haven't had the time i cannot stay awake long enough to to crack on through till whatever time it finishes at two o'clock in the morning and then my alarm call goes off at four to get out get out of bed to cover the the men's game just not be able to see it and it's not you know it's not a fault of you know England have got to got a tour sometime and all the rest of it but it, it does feel as though it's a regression uh this series in terms of of, of trying to do justice to the women's game as it emerges it, it feels very much a throwback uh, at the moment. Um, so I don't know. Sorry, we've not been able to give it more justice is, is I suppose what I'm trying to say. But uh, I suppose that is the trouble with, with the extensive um, issues of too much cricket, which is something we... we too we much cricket, not enough people to cover it. Exactly that. <laughs> well, the, the only positive from the series will be the fact that John Lewis... We'll get to know his players a bit better, you know, part of mm. his um press uh, well, you know, his unveiling as the new head coach was that actually he has no real grounding in in women's cricket. And the Caribbean is a great place to tour. It's a great, it's a place where you can actually get away from the cricket, which is the best place to bond, I suppose, and learn a bit more about the characters you're dealing with. And yeah, it is a been a bit of an afterthought of a series. I think that the coverage of it um on TV is been disgraceful um and as you say miller has has you know been a bit of a regression but he'll get to know these players a bit better they all importantly get to know him uh having <laughs> someone like nasiva back in the fold and playing the way she's playing i mean that that's only a good thing um and it may, may be good that for a lot of them actually to ahead of the world cup to have a series like this which is a bit of which has a bit of a lower profile and is in a part of the world where they can go out and you know, enjoy themselves and have, have a bit of a relaxation between games um, because the schedule is only going to get crazier in 2023. And maybe this will, uh, well, touch wood, this will benefit them long term. The one, the, one, the one sadness, though, obviously, just again, looking from afar, is that obviously we're at this weird transition period for the for the England women's team. Is to, you know, had that last summer where, where so many players were blooded. Uh, Lisa Kitely's last act essentially was to was to bring on the kids and say, you know what, here's the stage, go with it. And you know, we talked about the, the Commonwealth Games and it kind of went wrong because it was almost a bit too naive. You know, they, Heather Knight wasn't wasn't able to lead the team, and the kids had their head but didn't get it right. And now suddenly, two of the key breakthrough players, Capsi and Kemp, are now injured when Knight is back. So it's almost kind of missing the missing the opportunity for that. Not, not even a handover because I'm sure there's there's plenty more life yet for the old dogs in in the in the team. But you know what I mean. It, it, it feels as though there's going to be that almost almost six months to a year of transition where some of the key players are not quite transitioning. 
within the same team because of, because of injury and absences mm. and all the rest of it. So you know, hopefully, come come the new year in the World Cup, um, they, they, they will the, the team as as stand will bed in. I don't know what Kemp's injury is going to be, but um, it sounds like Kemp <coughs> yes. is going to be out for a long while with with a with a broken broken shoulder. So you know, she's probably going to miss that World Cup. So uh, you know, it, 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 it's. Um, it's a shame for for the for the bringing through of a new generation that the, the, the handover has been a bit bit bumpier than perhaps it, it, it could have been. Yes, Kemp with a back injury, uh, never uh, encouraging uh, news with young fast bowlers. So we um, hope for good news there. And yeah, I mean, you can only beat what's put in front of you. They are uh, winning games at the moment. And sometimes, uh, as I'm sure they'll know from the men's experience, um, it's better to be not making headlines. Okay, I think um, our stockings are pretty much full for another week. England's men are dreaming of a whitewashed Christmas in Karachi, while the women will be looking to wrap up their T20 series in West Indies. We'll be back to see who's been naughty and who's been nice next week. Until then, my thanks to Miller and Vish, and to you all for tuning in to the Switch It podcast. It's on ESPNCrickInfo.com. <laughs>